0: Welcome to episode 98 of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on September 16th, 2018. My name is Brad Galloway, and I'm the editor of GameCritics.com. I'm also 50% of this here show with me.
1: As always, Corey Motley, staff writer at game Critics. How you doing, Corey? Hello, Brad. I am A okay. And usually, whenever I introduce myself, I try to have something like dumb or clever or usually dumb to say. But today, I don't have anything to say other than hello.
0: Well, I will take that hello and I will give you a hearty hello back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we get into games talk, I actually came across a factoid that said if you're raising a kid, you should hug them a minimum of four times a day to make sure that they stay like, you know, like healthy, uh, eight times a day to really make them feel good and secure and hug them 12 times a day to help them thrive. So parents, if you got kids out there, let's meet those hug quotas, hug them kids, people.
1: Um, (laughs) that's got nothing to do with anything. No, now I have something to say. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. The last time I was in Seattle, I don't know if I told you this or not. The last time I was in Seattle, a couple of years, like two or three years ago, um, I hung out with Steve Haskey a lot, who I know you know well, and I know well as well. Um, And basically the entire time I was hanging out with Steve, because we hung out on like three or four different occasions in like the four or five days that I was in Seattle, I would just like hug him at random times throughout the day. Like, it was very cute because I was very affectionate towards Steve whenever uh, I was out in Seattle last time. But I remember specifically we went to some like seafood fest and then we went to some like pub that was down the street from it from like the fair and the the food trucks and stuff and got a beer and we were just like drinking our beer and eating and we weren't eating at the time but we were just drinking our beer and chatting and like we went up to the bar and he paid the tab and I remember like very specifically as soon as he like turned around from paying the tab I just like gave him a hug right there in the middle of the bar like next to the bar and I thought it was the funniest thing but we I hugged him a lot during that trip so that maybe Steve is now thriving from all the hugs that I gave him the last time I was in Seattle. (laughs) Hugging is important.
0: I am definitely a hugger. I believe in hugging a lot, you know, when it's appropriate, when it's welcome, when it's with the right person. I'm a big hugger, so I hug a lot of people a lot. Uh, hugging is great. And uh, I think that sounds great. I, Steve did look pretty healthy last time I saw him, so I think he's probably doing okay. I think that hugging paid off. And, Good. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad they're sustaining him. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, parents, you got kids, get them 12 hugs in a day and your kids will be just fine, uh, hopefully. So. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, the show. Uh, welcome uh, to our new listeners. Also, welcome to our faithful regulars. And a quick reminder that if you like our show and you want even more from us... We do have non-games, ramblings, and various misadventures in the banter segment that we'll play after the ending music. And today, uh, kind of a thrill ride. We had some interesting factoids. We had dudes in underwear. We had scary stories. (laughs) We had a whole bunch of stuff. So feel free to skip it if you don't like the banter. And I don't blame you because sometimes I don't like banter either. But if you want more from us, if the games chat is not enough,
1: it's there for you after the closing music. And Um, I don't want to toot our own horns, but... Brad and I have had at least one person tell us that our banter segment is their favorite banter segment out of all the podcasts that they listen to. So there's at least one person out there who thinks we're the best at banter.
0: That is quite a compliment. That is quite a compliment because there is a lot of banter out there. If you listen to any games podcast, banter is predominantly what are on game podcasts. So that to me says a lot. Very happy about that. Same. Same. Let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. Before I turn it over to you, Corey, I just want to give a quick um, FYI shout out. There is a new Kickstarter out, which hit three or four days ago for Dark Side Detective 2. Do you remember me talking about this on the show before, Corey? The first Dark Side Detective. I do. I remember this. I loved the Dark Side Detective. It's on Switch. It's also on PC. I think those are the only two systems it's on. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that's where it's at point-and-click adventure where you play detective with a goofy cop sidekick and you investigate these supernatural occurrences really tight design really funny writing great graphics like kind of pixely art style I really liked a lot I thought it was wonderful I am a guy that does not like point-and-click games at all and I loved this one I thought it was wonderful um, they've just released a brand new DLC episode. If you bought the first game on Switch or on PC, you can go and download the new episode now, totally free of charge. And they're kickstarting a second season. So Dark Side Detective second season. Not a true sequel because I'm sure it's going to be more of the same, but I thought the original stuff was fantastic, so more of the same would be very welcome. The last time I checked, they were about 40% towards their goal. I have contributed that Uh, contributed cash myself. So full disclosure, I'm backing that as well. Um, But I love these guys' work. I really, really, really want to see another season of Dark Side Detective. So heads up that this Kickstarter is a thing. Go check it out. Just search for Dark Side Detective 2. I think the studio's name is uh, Spooky Door Studios, I'm pretty sure. Apologies if I got that wrong. Didn't do my notes because this is so video games and we don't do any research. Uh, But yeah, it's out there. That's a thing. So contribute to that if you are so inclined. Did you ever check
1: it out, Corey, or not? I didn't, but now that you remind me that it's on Switch, now that I have a Switch, I need to um, go back and at least put it on my wish list or something on my Switch to see um, if it goes on sale or something. Maybe I'll check it out. It's really cute. It's really, really
0: funny. And the best part about it is it's really short. Like the game, the first series is broken up into like episodes that are about maybe 15 or 20 minutes long. I love how digestible it is, how little fat there is on these bones. They just get right to it. Like they do the jokes They do the funny lines, they have the funny, the funny segments, and you never get stuck for too long because there's only like three or four items that you can work with. And so, you know, rather than like a traditional point and click where you've got 8,000 items in your inventory or just randomly clicking on things to see if something happens, like, you know, it's going to be one of these three things. And most of it, like 99% of it makes perfect sense. So I love Dark Side Detective. The first one, Dark Side Detective is great. Dark Side Detective 2, really, really want that to happen. Kickstarters out there, go contribute if you are so inclined. There we go. PSA uh, from me to you. So, Corey, I'm going to turn it over to you. You said you had two mystery topics or, or some kind of mystery topic to talk about. I have no idea what this is about. What is your mystery topic?
1: All right. So, this is going to be a tiny bit of a rant and then a little bit of a like ha 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 situation. So, I, uh, I've been, I've talked about on the show recently, I've been listening to at least one other podcast. Um, and I feel like I'm not, I swear she's not paying me to talk about this podcast. She doesn't need me. She doesn't need to pay me to talk about it, but I'm listening to the Emma Guns show a lot. And uh, despite what you might think about my interest in life, she actually does a lot of shows about like, uh, like skincare and health and beauty and, Um, like, people who write books and stuff like that. So it's, like, totally kind of, like, out of left field from what you might think uh, based on what I talk about on the show. But something that she did and something that I've noticed other people do in podcasts that kind of annoys me a little bit is whenever they either open or close the podcast, she always says, like, oh, you know, if you like what you have heard. Um, You know, if you enjoyed the show, please, you know, subscribe if you want to um, on whatever platform you're using. And also if you like the show, uh, please go give it a five-star rating and write a review on like Apple iTunes or whatever. And like, so there's something very small in there that bothers me. And it's because I hear this on podcasts a lot where they're like, oh, if you listen to the show, go give it five stars. And it's like, okay, well, like, don't, like, don't tell me to give you five stars. Like if I, I could listen to the show every single week and I could think your show is a three or four star podcast. Like I don't think her show is like mind-blowingly like good that I would be like, oh, this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. I think a better thing to do would be to say, hey, um, if you're enjoying the show, go um, rate it. Or leave a review if you want. You know, I'm not, like, because that's something we never do on this show. Like, we never close the show and say, hey, guys, subscribe to the show. Go give us five stars. Because that just seems really disingenuous to me. Like, I'm not going to tell our listeners to go give us five stars. Because, hey, we might be a three-star podcast to some people. And that's okay. We might be a two-star, a one-star, a zero-star podcast to some people. And that's okay. But we don't, I mean, you and I have made it clear that we're not in this to, you know, I don't know, like... Do like brand partnerships or get lots of money or like that's like not what we're after. We're just here to like talk about games every week and that's it. So, um, but I was thinking about that and after listening to her show recently, and I thought you know I should get on iTunes and see if anybody has rated our show or or listened to or written any reviews for our shows because on I haven't
0: even thought of that. I I haven't
1: even checked. I know we've been doing this for almost two years and I had not even thought about it either. But luckily for you, I checked so I can report back real quick and. I went to, because whenever somebody leaves a review for us on Apple, iTunes, or on podcasts, or, like, whatever, um, like, medium, they leave a review, like, we don't get, like, an email or anything, like, we don't get an email that says, like, hey, somebody rated you, or somebody wrote your review, like, it just kind of exists, and we don't, like, moderate it in any way, if it's on, um, if it's on the Apple podcast app, or iTunes, or anything like that, so... I thought, okay, I'll go look, I'll just see, you know, I didn't expect there to be anything, so it because, you know, we don't tell people to do that, and I really don't care. Like I don't care if people rate us or not, it doesn't make a difference to me. Um so I went and I looked, and we have a single review on iTunes that was written on May twenty-third, twenty eighteen. So it's like kind of recent. And if you don't mind, I would like to read you word for word this review that somebody left for us. Are you ready? I, I'm i a little bit scared, but yes, I am ready. <laughs> you should maybe be a little bit scared, but... Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Here, here am I gonna
0: be, I'm going to be sad for the rest of the
1: day? Uh, I hope not, but I okay. think it's something oh, we can Jesus. both laugh about, so... Oh, Jesus. Okay, go ahead. So this is the review. The headline for the review is... And wait, I wait, qu- wait. How, how recent is this? Is it from a while ago or what? It's from May of 2018. Okay, so not... Okay, okay.
0: Second second year of the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
1: So, recent enough. Um, the headline for the review is, and I quote, these guys are the worst.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Okay, starting strong. Starting okay.
1: strong. The rating that they give us out of five stars is one, and I presume because they can't give us zero stars in a review. So, we're okay, a, okay. we're a one out of five for this guy. Bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. I could not be happier to be there. So, his review states, and I quote, I'm just going to read the entire thing um, just because I want everybody to know how how wonderful this guy thinks our show is. Um, and I quote, all right. If listening to two effeminate guys try to be as condescending as possible while crapping on popular things as proof, they are the only true true critics and quotes, then this podcast is for you. Whether the act is just a troll or the result of some weird resentments, it's clear these guys have no interest, which is misspelled, and talking about games in good faith. Also, it's pretty clear they don't know what the phrase hill to die on means, dot, 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 if everyone agrees with something, dot, dot. Dot 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 and your, which is not the correct use of your the only <laughs> the only jerk denying it, dot 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 dot, then your, which is the correct use of it, but it's uh capitalized, which is weird. Um, then you're the one dying on the hill, you dummy, exclamation point. Is that it? And that's it. <laughs> 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 wow we really got under someone's skin jeez. well you know you know what happened here this no, re- no, this review hit like a couple weeks after the our god of war show
0: oh probably
1: so so that's probably so. that's i'm yeah. sure this guy came out from game critics woodworks oh his name i don't know if this is his real name or not but his name is john b esquire um don't know if that's real or not but that's so so John B you're probably not listening to the show but thank you for this review um i, I thought i'm thinking about um printing it and getting it framed on the wall actually cuz i'm really proud uh i'm really proud that we're doing the game community justice and that this review really speaks to the content that we talk about on the show <laughs> i mean yeah i yeah.
0: it makes me laugh <laughs> and i mean i am kind of like I'm kind of imagining the kind of guy that would leave that kind of a review and like getting that kind of review from that kind of guy, makes me totally fine. I'm, I'm totally happy. and like, if that's what you think of my show, then we're doing the right show. So uh, yeah, I, if you get it framed, will you send me a copy? Cause I'll hang it up right next <laughs> to my, I'll hang it up here in the Game Critics West studio and it'll be my guiding light as we continue to record for uh, the next uh, million years. So.
1: Yeah, we can both just have a little review shrine next to our microphones, and we can just look up at John B. Esquire's review as we record every show and make sure that we put on our troll personas to shit on every popular game just to keep doing the show justice.
0: God, the, you know, that's such a perfect name, though. I kind of want to like, every time we talk about jerks, like I want to be, instead of just saying, oh, those jerks, I'll be like, oh, those Esquires, or oh, those <laughs> those John B. Esquires out there who are listening. <laughs> Alright, whatever, whatever. Right. Enough of this enough of this bullshit. Let's actually get on with the show. Uh I <laughs> Ironic that our one review that that's what our one review is. But okay, yes. anyways <laughs> Anyway, uh okay, so let's move on. Um was that the extent of the mystery topic or was that, there anything else? Yeah,
1: that was everything. So Okay, that yeah. that's plenty. Let's move on. All right, we're good.
0: <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, I wanted to start uh, off the show proper by giving a couple of just really, really quick hits to some games that I have been dabbling in, uh, but that I'm not going to be playing anymore or that I just, you know, bounced off of or whatever. First one is Shadow's Awakening. This is kind of like a Doom-like sort of, not Doom, Jesus. I keep, I always get Doom and Diablo confused. That is my, do you do that too? Do you ever confuse two games that you just, you know, is wrong, but you say the wrong thing anyway?
1: Mm, not off the top of my head. I can't think of one.
0: That's just me. That's just my my fucking damage. Okay, so I always get Doom and Diablo confused. What I meant to say was this is a Diablo style game where it's kind of a top down walking around kind of a, you know, like little action RPG sort of a thing. Uh, this is an interesting one in that you play as a demon who lives in the spirit realm and you can take control of people who are in the physical realm. And you can have multiple people in your, I don't want to say in your party because you only control one at a time, but you can have many who are at your disposal. So when I played this, you could, I had like a, like a dwarf guy who was like an archer. I captured another archer. There was like a guy who was like a barbarian or something. And so you could switch between them as you were playing, like as needed. And it wasn't just mechanical. Uh, ye, who you were in the physical realm also mattered because when you talked to people in towns and stuff, they would react to you based on which physical persona you were using. So kind of a cool idea.
1: I'm. Um, uh, this sounds interesting. So now I'm concerned that you're going to be like, oh, it's really shitty and I didn't like it.
0: No, I mean, it wasn't really shitty, but it was just like, it was one of those games where like they dump a lot of like lore on you and like none of it really means a lot at the beginning because you're just now starting the game and just learning it and they like you know a lot of names that you don't remember and a lot of relationships that don't mean anything and so I had a really hard time getting into the story aspect of it and if I don't like the story then the gameplay has to be like dynamite and I think that it was pretty standard Diablo Um, which is fine, but it's not really my jam. And in fact, I'm kind of saving uh, my Diablo mojo for um, when Torchlight comes out, Torchlight Frontiers. That looks really cool and fun. And I'm I'm not going to be able to play more than one or two of these games. So I don't want to use up my Diablo juice on this one because I feel like Torchlight's going to be better. But it does seem cool. I mean, if you like Diablo games and you're in the mood for one of these, I think it's a cool premise. I think the the character collection and character switching is kind of neat and you also like switch back and forth between the physical and spirit realm. So, it was kind of cool. Um not my jam, but if you like these games, I think it's definitely worth checking out. So, I I left it on good terms. Um but it just wasn't the thing that I wanted to sink a bunch of time into right now. But no real complaints about it. Okay,
1: that's um, fair yeah. enough, fair enough.
0: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I think as as I've gotten older, And I think uh, one thing that's really important for me to always keep in mind, and also probably for a lot of other people out there, is it's totally okay if a game is not your thing. Like, it doesn't mean that that game is shitty, doesn't mean that that game is bad, or that you're bad, or whatever. Like, we can't all like every game. So like, if there's a good game, but it's just not clicking, that's totally fine. Don't feel bad about it. There's a lot of other games out there. This game will be someone's jam. Someone will love this game, and it'll find a good home, and that's totally okay. Uh, the next one is one that is a little bit of a surprise to me, honestly. I started playing Valkyria Chronicles 4. I know I mentioned it on the last show, and you had said that you had downloaded the demo. Did you ever get around to trying it or not yet? I did
1: download it. I did not try it yet. Okay, so Valkyria Chronicles 4. I brought
0: it up when we were talking about um, turn-based strategy on the last episode, because we, I had just like coincidentally talked about like three or four turn-based strategy games on the same show. Not planned, but it just kind of happened that way. And this was one that I had planned to get to, but I hadn't gotten to yet. I loved the first Valkyria Chronicles, which was on PS3 and I think 360. It's from Sega. It's a, it's a turn-based strategy, but there are some real-time elements. Like you aim at people in real time with your guns. It's kind of a faux World War II setting. Um, and you But you move turn by turn, but then when you actually do the action, you do the action in real time. And it had like really kind of like pastel kind of coloring book graphics, which were pretty cool and a neat little story and there were also some queer characters in the first one, which I thought was pretty notable at that time. I can't say whether or not they were handled super well, but I do remember there <laughs> being there were being some queer characters you could have on your team and um I think I had like a cross dressing like lancer on my team, and that was one of my favorite characters because uh uh, they were really, really good at what they did. But uh, anyway, so that was that was Valkyria Chronicles, the first one. Two and three and a couple of the other offshoots were garbage. Sega said this was the one that was going to bring it all back. And I think that's true. I think that they got back to the original formula. Um, it looks like the older game, like the first game. It handles like the first game. Same basic formula as the first game. But I got to say, I, I just really did not want to play it. I think that so much time has passed between then and now that simply going back to what that first game was just isn't enough anymore. And I, I hate to say that it kind of breaks my heart, but as I was playing it, I just was like, Oh my God, like there's the action is really, really slow. And there's like a lot of talking, which I don't feel like is really getting me anywhere. And the action just is not, it just feels very, very ponderous. And I just felt like I was just, I got through maybe the first three or four missions and I just was like, Oh my God, this is taking forever. And I just, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Like, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it, but I think after playing something that is like condensely, like densely packed dynamite, like into the breach where that is just like all killer, no filler to go back to something that was slow and had a bunch of cutscenes and a bunch of faffing around in menus. And I was just like, Oh my God, like I just can't, I just can't. So I, (laughs) I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's like, it's, you know, it's like, it's not you, it's me. I think I have just kind of moved on. And if this had come right after the first Valkyrie Chronicles, I think I would have been totally down with it. But like, it's been years, like years and years since that first one. And it feels literally like the exact same game as the first one, which I kind of you know, they, they say, you don't, you don't really know what you want. And I guess, and maybe that's true because people have been asking for a return to form, but now that we got it, it's like, oh, well, I wanted a return to form, but updated and better. <laughs> so I i feel like kind of like a dick for saying that, but yeah, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I bailed on it. I was like, I can't sink, I can't sink a hundred hours into this. So I'm, I'm out, which was kind of sad.
1: I am concerned that this is gonna happen whenever, um, because I totally, totally know what you're talking about here. And Nintendo just had a Nintendo Direct Conference, and I don't really watch them or pay attention to them, but everybody on my Twitter timeline tweets every single detail ever from every Nintendo Direct Conference ever, so I just kind of get sucked up in it a little bit. And I noticed that they finally announced an Animal Crossing for Switch, which is what people have been asking for for fucking ever, because Animal Crossing is the shit, and they haven't put one out in a million years. And I'm concerned because I loved Animal Crossing on the GameCube back in the day. And like even my mom played it like religiously and she does not play video games. So she played it all the time. And I'm concerned that like it'll come out. And I don't know if I mean I don't think realistically I'm going to like buy Animal Crossing on day 1, but if it if it ever hits like a sale or something, I would be interested. But I'm concerned that it's basically just going to be like a do-over of the first game and I'm going to be like, "Oh, awesome, Animal Crossing." And then I'm going to play it for a couple of hours and be like, "Oh, it's just more Animal Crossing." And then like that i will just kind of fizzle out on it and it won't they won't do enough to like really make it new or interesting for the Switch. Dude, I am, yes,
0: 100% what you said, yes. Because when the first Animal Crossing came out, I got like, I went shit over it. Like it was really, <laughs> something about it just really hooked me like hardcore. And I think I, I played like so much of it. And uh, it was just a phenomenon. I played other ones, but I played less and less of each successive one where I was kind of like, okay, this is just the same thing over again. And I'm doing the same thing over again. So I think that that kind of a game would be fantastic on the Switch and is very needed. But like you said, like I don't, I don't think we can just have the same thing over, like with slightly better graphics or like, you know, a slightly new fishing minigame or something like it's got to be the same thing that was good about the first one, but new and different and better and more, which is a real trick. I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do, but just like, just realistically, I don't think I would be down to do the exact same Animal Crossing thing over and over. I think I would get bored pretty quick. So I feel you 1000% on that. Absolutely. 100%. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Last quick one I want to give a shout out to is called uh, Metal Max Zeno, Xeno X E N O, and this is in a preview sense because the embargo may not be up. <laughs> Let me check real quick because I feel like I'm going to get myself into oh no trouble. I'm looking at my embargo list. I am correct. It is not out yet, but by the time this podcast comes out, we'll probably be fine. This is just a really quick preview, anyway. Not a review. Not a review. Not a review. Uh, this is an RPG. I guess there were some of these that were on the PS2. I really didn't remember them, and it seems like I would have played something like this back then. Uh, Dan Weissenberger is going to be reviewing it for us at Game Critics, but they did send a second copy for us to mention on the podcast, so I'm mentioning it here. It's basically a post-apocalyptic JRPG, very much J, where you play kind of this weird survivor dude with the metal arm. He finds a tank, like an actual like on treads with a cannon tank, and you drive around in a desert and like discover post-apocalyptic stuff so a lot of the typical jrpg stuff is here but at the same time when you're driving around if you get into a random battle you if you see them early enough you can shoot them with your your cannon and if they die then you don't actually have to do the battle which is kind of neat on the other hand i'm totally sick of random battles so that's like a mechanic i never ever ever want to engage with with ever again because i just can't stand random battles but I do appreciate they let you, you know, opt out of some of them by, by killing the enemy early. I do like the setting quite a bit. I think the graphics are actually pretty sharp for what it is. And um, I didn't get very far, just a little bit into it, just to kind of get a flavor of it. It seems pretty cool, but I'm really like allergic to JRPGs these days. And I, I'm waiting for Dan's full review before I put any more time into it. So we'll see. But it seems interesting and it seems definitely like not the usual thing. So if you want a JRPG, But you don't want the usual group of ragtag survivors saves the earth, and you want like a different setting, like the post-apocalyptic desert survival, sort of a Mad Max-ish sort of a thing. Uh, This is bringing that to the table, so it seems interesting. I I may come back to it. I may not. I don't know. I didn't I didn't have a negative reaction to it. I just didn't want to engage in something that may end up being a hundred hours before I was fully on board. So this is a thing that exists. Seems pretty interesting. Heads up to JRPG fans who want something a little bit different, but Metal Max Xeno should be out in about a week or so on PS4. And the, I think it's, I think it's every system, I'm pretty sure. So there you go. Uh, That's it for now. Corey, you have been playing your Switch, recent proud owner of a Switch. (laughs) And I don't know everything that you have bought on the Switch, uh, but you have bought Doom, the much-loved shooter from a year or two years ago um, from Bethesda. Tell us about Doom on the Switch. Uh, what is? Does it work? Does it run? Is it still fun? <laughs> Are you engaged in it? Like, what? What is up with Doom on the Switch?
1: Well, I don't have a ton to say about this because we talked about Doom in excess two years ago. Whenever I played it for the show, but. I rented this on Gamefly because thank goodness Gamefly has Switch games on it. So I wasn't really keen to go out and pay $60 for a game that I already own on PS4. So I rented it and I played all of it. And I am basically what all I want to say about this is um, I'm kind of flabbergasted that this game runs so well on the Switch. Like, because I obviously I don't think Bethesda would put out like oh, we're going to port this game to Switch, and it's going to be, like, a piece of shit, but, I mean, Doom, if you played it on consoles or on PC, it's, like, it is a, like, lightning-fast, like, heavy metal, like, beautiful, like, shit going on all the time, guns, explosions, you know, killing hell demons, ripping their arms off and hitting them in the face with them, like, there's just a lot of stuff going on, and it's absolutely gorgeous, And I, you know, I had reservations about this being on Switch. I was like, "Uh, you know, maybe it's going to look like shit. Maybe it's going to like run like shit and it's going to like slow down and it's not going to be very good. And I'm happy to say that all of my reservations uh, can be dismissed because, yeah, it obviously does not look as good as like the PS4 version or the PC version or whatever. Like there's definitely some graphical stuff going on where it looks like everything. I mean, looks a little bit worse. It looks a little bit like like, blurred, for lack of a better word, but it doesn't interfere with gameplay at all. And, but it's just, like, it, it's it's really good. It's, if you liked, I mean, I know you didn't really get on with Doom that much whenever it came out, but, like, for anybody who likes Doom or who hasn't played it or who is concerned that the Switch version might not be very good, I mean, I'm here to tell you, as someone who has put in hours and hours and hours and hours into the PS4 version, that it, they didn't make, like, any like legitimate sacrifices to put it on Switch. It runs perfectly. It is as lightning fast as the console version. Um, It takes a little, like just the controls aside, it takes a tiny bit of time to get used to the thumbstick controls. But I think that's true of basically any shooter on Switch because it just feels a little bit different than, you know, holding like a PS4 controller or, you know, what have you. But once you get used to the controls, um, it's excellent. It Play is exactly like the console version. It is just as fast. It's just as smooth. Uh, The level load times are a tiny bit long, but it's not insufferable. And I played the entire game. I did play it on casual difficulty because I didn't feel like being up for a super duper challenge whenever I played it on Switch, Um, which is funny because after I beat it on Switch, I went back and played like a mid game level on PS4 on the hardest difficulty and got my ass handed to me over and over and over and over again, which was kind of refreshing, but also sad. Um, but I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's, it's an excellent port. I can't believe that they ported it so well to the Switch on that tiny little cartridge, and it just works so smoothly, so well. If you had any reservations about thinking that maybe it wasn't going to be up to par or very good, or it was going to be a bad port, or it was going to be slow or whatever, um, you can table all of those because it is smooth as silk. It's lightning fast. It gives you all of the hell demon hunting um i don't know rigor that you can get on every other version of the game and i'm very glad that i played it from a to z once again and it is excellent i don't know what else to say cool cool well that is good to know um the switch is clearly not as
0: robust as the consoles currently or even you know pc of course um so it's good to hear that they are figuring that out i I, it's funny you bring that up because I have been hearing more and more lately of people really wanting to cash in on the Switch boom right now, and I've heard of a couple ports that are maybe not so great, so I am always a little bit hesitant to get something that's big on the Switch. I'm more about like the small indies, the pixel-based games, something that seems like more of a natural fit that doesn't push the hardware as much, as like something like 3D and fast and, and shooty like Doom, but... Um, what is the studio who did the port? Because they're really making a name for themselves right now. What is, what do you know what their oh, name is? I
1: can't, I can't remember their name. I should have looked it up, but um, I know it's not Blue Point because Blue Point does all of the HD uh, re release games that are all really, really good. It's not them, but I can't remember who did it.
0: Um, yeah, I uh, wish I could remember the name of those guys. I don't remember the name of those guys, but I hear they're doing a lot of really, really good work. So I think they've got a lot of business coming their way. We're probably going to be seeing a lot more like like 3D big games coming to the Switch, which is cool. But at the same time, I kind of want the Switch to do its own thing because I think competing <laughs> with consoles is not a great idea. And I think that, um, I mean, just straight up, it's just not as powerful. Like it's it's just not as 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 you know as bulky and as beefy and as 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 fast as those other bigger boxes. Um, I would hate to see them start getting a bunch of like subpar ports because people just want to like hit the popularity of it right now. And it kind of brings the whole market down. I think it would be more valuable to cultivate its own identity, but we'll see. People really like that port and uh, you know, there's,
1: there's more on the way for sure.
0: So yeah, not my favorite game, but I'm glad to hear that it came out well. And it seems like you really uh, felt like you got your money's worth, huh?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, especially considering I only rented it, it's not like I paid for it, but I mean, I paid a monthly fee for it, but not $60, but yeah, if um, it's excellent and it works surprisingly well, and I'm, I, I'm sure that, I know Wolfenstein 2 was on Switch also. I thought Wolfenstein 2 was just okay, so I'm not planning on playing it on Switch, um, but I'm sure it's probably ported every bit as well as Doom. So if you have any reservations about, you know, hard-hitting Bethesda games being weird on Switch, uh, I would say that your fears are unfounded because they seem to be doing pretty well so far.
0: Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's move on to another Switch game. This is one that I've been playing uh, called Little Dragon's Cafe. Uh, this is made, so <laughs> just basically, sister title to Doom, of course. It's basically the same thing. Uh, this is made by, I believe his name is Yasuhiro Wada, who is the guy that originally was behind Harvest Moon. Um, I have never really gotten into the Harvest Moon titles, although I think they are such a good idea. It seems like something I would like, but I've never gotten into them. So we've kind of always been on the periphery waiting for one of those kind of games to hook me. And I thought that maybe this would be it. Unfortunately, not. Um, Premise of this game is that you uh, pick a character. There are two uh, siblings, a boy and a girl. You can pick the boy or the girl. Whichever one you don't pick will be your helper. Uh, And then your mom runs a bed and breakfast uh, slash cafe slash hotel slash it's also your house slash it's the community hub, whatever. And (laughs) she's in charge of it, runs it by herself and you guys help her out. She falls ill and is unable to be roused. So she's like basically in a coma. Uh, This dude shows up out of nowhere. He looks like kind of like a wizard dude and is like, oh, your mom is sick. Also, your mom is half dragon. And you're like, "Uh, okay, which I guess means that you're a quarter dragon, I suppose. Um, It probably explains why your dad's not around either, I guess. But Uh, so they're like, oh, so what you got to do to save her is number one, keep the cafe running because she would want you to do that. And also while you're doing that, take care of this baby dragon, which I'm about to give you right now. And then he gives you a baby dragon. I know, right? Like, I don't understand what that, yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand how that that connects up, but he gives you a baby dragon to take care of, and you got to keep the, the, the hotel running, the cafe running, and then you start the game. So putting story weirdness aside for a second, um, the game looks weird, but it also looks good. Like the character designs are really weird. Their eyes are really intense and the colors are kind of strange, but I think it all really works. Like I I really grew to like the visual style of this game. The interiors look like drawings that are cut out of a piece of paper, but your characters don't look like that. And the outer world doesn't look like that. So it's kind of weird how things fit together, but I think that overall it's pretty appealing looking, um, once you get over that initial hump. And then you kind of settle into like a routine. And I guess if people really like Harvest Moon, they're probably really familiar with gameplay routines. And that sounds okay to me, like doing the same thing over and over. Like if you're a farmer, if you have a job and you do the same thing every day, it makes sense you would do that. But it kind of bounced off of like how shallow this, day, this game is. So basically you get up in the morning, you got to go out around your house and gather ingredients for your cafe because you're going to be cooking food. So like, It's that's all you do is like you just walk around your yard and there's like a a bush over here that gives you carrots and onions. And then you go down to the water and fish a couple fish out. And then there's like a rock over here that you get salt and sugar from. And you don't do anything. You just like walk up to them and click a button and then you get the stuff. So you do that like every single day, first thing in the morning. And then you come back to the cafe. People will come into your cafe like at noon and then they will walk in. And then your helpers, you have some NPC helpers who are there in the in the cafe they take orders, they bring the food out, they take dirty dishes away. They will just do that autonomously. But every once in a while, they'll start slacking off. And then if you see them slacking off, you got to be like, go over there and get your ass back to work. And so like, <laughs> you're kind of just managing the floor. And then they, they get done. In the afternoon, you go and collect more ingredients. Uh, and then you come back and then you go to bed. And then you just do that. Like That's basically all you do. When you're cooking food, it's just like a really simple mini game where like, a little note scrolls along a line and you push a button when it hits the right spot. So, you know, like you're going to make an omelet and it's like up, up, down, right, left, right. And then you just push all those buttons in the right order and it makes the omelet and then you're good. So, but then, but then you can have a chef who can even cook for you. So you don't even really need to even do that. Like, uh, really. So basically you're kind of just like, there's a lot of automated systems that are running in the background, which is basically fine. I don't want to do like every step of that all the time, but you have to collect the ingredients yourself, which is boring after a while. Like you just collect, I wish I could have one of these guys go collect it for me because it's dumb to do that. But that said, if you didn't do the collection and you didn't do these things, there would literally be nothing for you to do because the real meat of this game seems to be um, people will come to your cafe and they'll have a problem and you'll meet them and they'll be like, hey, I'm really sad or hey, I'm really upset about this thing. And you talk to them and then eventually their problem is solved by you cooking them the right food and then they get better and it's all fine, which is which is okay. like it's kind of an interesting premise and the characters are pretty solid and interesting, but the, the pace of the game is really what kills it. Like I could deal with the repetition of the collection of the ingredients. I could deal with the not much else to do if the story came at you a lot quicker. But what happens is this game takes like what would essentially be one cutscene in any other game and slices it up into 12 micro slices. And so you only get one of those slices per day. And only if you do the right things. So like, you have to be like at the cafe at the right time of the day. If you're not there at the right time, then you miss it. You got to do it again the next day. So it's like you do your, your routine, gather the food, come back, serve lunch, do your thing, gather ingredients in the nighttime. And then like, you'll see a, like a 12th of a cutscene, And then you just do that again and again and again and again and again. And it just, it takes forever to like really get the story rolling And the gameplay itself is not really that interesting. I wish it was deeper. Like, I wish I was creating my own recipes, which is not possible. I wish there was more to explore, but there's not a lot to explore. I wish there was maybe a little combat. Maybe I could fight some monsters to get some meat from them. But you don't do that either. Uh, You have the little dragon with you, but, like, you don't really do anything with him. Like, you just feed him some food and he, like, wags his tail. And I'm sure he's going to grow at some point. People have told me that he gets bigger and he eventually helps you traverse different areas. Like he'll get bigger to lift you up some places, or he'll grow wings and you can fly some places. But basically you're just doing the same thing. Just getting up every morning, collecting ingredients, cooking the food, and then waiting for your 1 of the cutscene to help this person out. So I like the art. I like the idea. Running the restaurant section and kind of being the boss of the floor and telling people to get back to work is kind of fun. But <laughs> it just gets old after, like, after a really short period of time, because you realize nothing else is going to happen. Like there's no more complexity to the game. There's no twist to the formula. I mean, maybe something comes along a little later on. I think I'm about twelve hours in so far, and I'm done. Like, and I'm nowhere near the end. So I can, I, I imagine this game is really, really long, but it just feels like filler. Just feels like padding. Like it feels like, you know, the first story should be something that should take fifteen minutes or half an hour, and instead it's taking like twelve in-game days, and it's just, it's just dragging on without very much reward. So I like the idea. I like the premise. I like the art, and I think that if they tighten this up and gave you a little bit more to do it made the story a little quicker it would be a good time real good time but in its current iteration it feels like it is not finished it feels like like the idea of a game that is not polished it is not tuned and they just stuck it out there to be sold for some reason uh i'm sure some people will get some use out of this but it for me wasn't enough like it wasn't meaty enough it wasn't fast enough and i kind of bummed because i was kind of up for something like this but yeah not sticking not sticking
1: if there's anything I can relate to in the story of that game, it is the idea of being like grumpy or down and then needing food and then feeling better after that, because that's pretty much my life in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, same. So that part of it made <laughs> sense to me. Like, I got that. That makes sense. You get a good dish and you can change your whole perspective on the world. But uh, It's a shame. This game is so cute and I really, really wanted to like it. But I just I just I can't fathom the idea of putting 100 hours into a game and just like getting a tiny like three sentences of cutscene per day. Like it was just, it was driving me crazy. So I bailed. Oh, well, maybe next time, maybe an improved sequel. We'll see. Corey, you've been playing some Spider-Man, which is probably going to be one of the biggest games of the year. I hear everybody, literally every single person on Twitter talking about this constantly, posting screenshots nonstop. Everybody's saying Insomniac uh, has done a great job. Everybody loves Spider-Man. So now you have played it. I have not played it yet, but you've played it. Uh, tell us your thoughts. Have you been engaging the photo mode? Do you like the game? Is it fun? What is up with Spider-Man? All
1: right. So I wasn't... I didn't think I was going to buy this game. And I probably... You could probably go back like 10 shows or something and quote me saying, oh, I'll probably run it on Gamefly and then, you know, play it. Because I, I predicted... And I think we had sort of predicted this together that you you were going to put it in. It was going to be like a six-hour experience. It was going to be over and offer like not a lot of replayability. And it was going to be over and done with. So I didn't want to pay for it. But every once in a while... I'm just I'm just I'm only human Brad I get sucked up in some of the hype of the game and I decided you know what the hell I'll go buy it you know I'm not gonna go broke if I go buy the $60 game so I went out and I bought it I think it came out on a Friday I think I either bought it on Friday night or on Saturday last week and um and just to give clarification about the way I feel about Spider-Man um I know a lot of people um, feel like Spider Man is kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog, where there was maybe like one really great game. I think Spider Man 2 was the one that everybody was like, everybody loved, and that's like the best one. I think I've dabbled in some Spider Man games before, but I've never. Like, I don't remember, like, which was the great one and which ones were the terrible ones or whatever because I've just never been super duper into the Spider-Man games or really into, like, superhero games at all. So I kind of came to this game not really... I mean, obviously, people had... I mean, like you said, people are tweeting about it left and right, talking about how great it is. It's getting really good reviews on uh, on gaming sites and stuff. So I figured, hey, it's probably a pretty good game, but I'm not, like, a Spider-Man, like, fanboy or anything. Like, I don't read the comics. I've seen all the movies, but I'm I'm not, like you know, I did, I wasn't like midnight release Spider-Man homecoming. I have to see it right now. Um, so I just kind of came to it as like a general fan general, like not super deep. Um, but I can say that the game is longer than six hours. I think I've been playing it for maybe like 10 to 12 hours at this point, but I'm also doing like all of the side stuff. Um, I, because this is a game where it's, uh, like the the best way I can describe it, I think right now is that, and this is a compliment, is that this is a game where I get so wrapped up in playing it that I forget to eat. So once I'm like starving to death, I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably like save and put this game on pause and go get some food because it's just such a playable game. And that might sound like a really lame compliment, but it takes, I think, a really special like X factor And and the game, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a mind-blowing, never-played-anything-like-this-before game, but just the fact that it's so easily playable, and it's just something you get wrapped up in and kind of like forget that anything else is going on in the world. And this doesn't happen super often with me. Like the last game probably that I can think of that had this effect, and this is a terrible example because I know a lot of people don't like it, um, was like Fallout 4. Like Fallout 4 is the kind of game I could put in... And just play it for, like, eight-hour chunks and be like, oh, yeah, I should probably eat something today at some point. And then I'd have to, like, force myself to stop because it's just so smooth to play. Well, Spider-Man is the same way. Um, just to give a setup about the story, um, it is not an origin story, which I think is was a great idea for Insomniac to not do an origin story because Spider-Man is right up there with Batman where we've seen the origin story, you know, pretty much every year, whether it's in, like, video game or movie form for the past, like, decade, it seems like. So in this game, you play as Peter Parker, Spider-Man. So he's like a white boy. Um he's probably like early twenties. The game makes it clear that he has graduated college. Um he didn't he's not high school Spider-Man, he's like post- post-grad Spider-Man, um, just kind of like out doing his thing. Like he's not really like steeped in any like big family drama or anything. And this game does not show Uncle Ben dying. None of that. It's just him living his life on his adventures. He's kind of broke. Um, he's has student debt. Um, he's about to get evicted from his apartment because he's late on his rent. So he's very like, I don't know, steeped in that kind of drama and not in like your family's getting murdered drama, which is kind of refreshing, I think. Um, but the game is basically like, about... I'm going to try to sum this up lightly, because um, I'm only... I don't really know how far I am into it, because the story's pacing is a little weird, for me, at least. It's kind of one of those games, at least so far for me, where, I yeah, I've been playing it for, like, 10 to 12 hours, but I still kind of have, like, no idea how far I am in the story, which, I mean, is neither here nor there, I guess. Um, but it's about, like, these guys that wear these like ancient Chinese masks and they're kind of like this uh, gang that pops up in the city and you kind of don't they have this kind of like supernatural power where they have these like weapons that are infused with this like I don't know otherworldly power and it's very like you know I guess comic booky in that way where there's like a slight supernatural element to it so you have to figure out like how did they get the powers? Who's running them? I mean, there's other villains involved. Um, and you have to figure out if they're all working together or if they're not working together and just kind of get generally to the bottom of it. And uh, MJ is in the game and she is like an investigative journalist in the game. And you actually play as her in some of the missions, which is pretty cool. She has like stealth missions where she's trying to like go take photos of some like, I don't know, like, bad guy hideout or something like that, or, like, break into, like, a museum or something to, like, steal some document or whatever. Um, So those are the kind of things she does. And, like, playing as her every once in a while is kind of a refreshing change of pace from playing as Spider-Man. But everything about this game is pretty just, like, it's just pretty smooth. Like, um, webbing, swinging around the city is really fun. Um, It's the kind of game where you have to have something to attach your web to to swing on. So if you're in, like, the middle of a park where there's no tall buildings, like you might not be able to web on anything. It's not the kind of game where you just swing no matter what. So, I want to clear that up for anybody who's interested in the web swinging mechanics. However, he can swing off trees. So, if you're in like Central Park in New York, um, you'll probably just swing lower to the ground because you'll be swinging off trees and not off like skyscrapers and stuff. And whenever you're in the swing arc, you can press X on PS4. Oh, yeah, I guess it is only on PS4, so I don't have to make adjustments for other consoles. Um, You press X. If he's, like, at the bottom of his arc, and it'll make him shoot forward faster and let go of the web, if you press X while he's on the upswing of the web swing, then he will go, like, really high into the air. So you can either get speed or you can get altitude. You can also hold L2 and R2, and there's, like, a little cursor on the screen where if it's, like, aimed on something and you hold the triggers, he will, like shoot both of his webs to that, and immediately, like, pull himself really quickly toward it. So you can either use that to, like, get somewhere really fast to perch, or if you press X whenever you get to the item, he'll, like, hit it and then bounce off of it, and it's kind of, like, a nice, like, speeding bullet way to get around. So, like, the traversal controls are really good. He can also wall run up any building or, like, web crawl up if you want to do it uh, slowly. Um, it's just, like, the it's just really smooth to get around, I guess, uh, is what I'm trying to say here. It's very... um Rewarding mechanics, if you if you will. Um, The combat, however, I think the combat in the game because a lot of it is web swinging and a lot of it is fighting dudes. It's very like Batman Arkham E in that way, where like half the game is exploration and the other half is just like punching dudes. Um, I am sad to report, <laughs> I mean, you know how it goes, you know how it goes. I know um, it's just, it's funny that you just kind of you, you split it down that way. Like exploration slash punching <laughs> dudes. I mean, <laughs> t- and to be fair, I mean, f- to, to the game, there are a lot of like mini games and like side quests and stuff. So it's not like all punching dudes, but I mean, a lot of the missions boil down to like, you go into some like hideout and sometimes you can do like stealthy stuff. And that's also kind of like in a Batman sense where you're like up in the rafters, like. I'm, you know, climbing around above everybody. And you can do a thing where you, like, if you're if an enemy is underneath you, you, like, shoot him with your webs and you, like, pull him up to the rafter and, like, tie him up with the webs to the rafter. Or you can, like, jump down. You, like, web yourself to an enemy and, like, swing to him and basically just, like, knock him out in one kick. Um, so there's, like, some good stealth stuff going on. I don't think... And this is kind of, like... I mean, it's not a make or break, but it's just, like, to put it in perspective, I don't think the stealth nor the combat is as good as any of the Batman games because like like single person melee, like strategic combat, I feel like Batman Arkham City is probably the best there ever has been that there maybe ever will be. um, so that's kind of like my gold standard for this kind of game because it's like the it's the perfect um example of like, easy-to-understand-but-hard-to-master kind of combat. And Spider-Man comes really close to it because it has a lot of the same mechanics. Like, whenever you're in a fighting situation, usually it's you against multiple dudes. Um, You know, the square button is just, like, a basic punch combo. The triangle button, if there's an enemy that's far away from you or if there's even an enemy close to you, it'll basically, like, it'll make Spider-Man, like a web toward them immediately. Like if you press triangle, he'll shoot his webs out to that person and just like pull himself in and kick that person. So it's a good way to like get around the, the fight arena very quickly by just webbing yourself to that person, kicking them, then doing it to the next person. Or you can follow up with a combo if you want. Um, if you hold the, uh, the square button, he'll like uppercut them into the air. And then you can follow that up with a bunch of like mid air attacks if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, there's also a lot of items in the environment where if you hold L1 and R1 for about two or three seconds, uh, Spider-Man will shoot his web to that and he'll swing it around him a few times and then he'll throw it at an enemy. And you can do that with, I mean, tires, uh, shelves, car doors. If an enemy throws a grenade at you, you can grab the grenade and swing it around and throw it back. Um, so it's, that's a really fun thing to do. Um, you can also do that mid-air. So if you're like in the air, you can grab something with your webs and swing it around and throw it as well. And there's a dodge button too. And this is very similar to Batman where like uh, Spider-Man's like Spidey sense will tingle above his head. And if you press circle, he will dodge it. However, um, and this is partly my fault because I think I'm a little too impatient with the game because I'm a little too button mashy with it most of the time instead of like a, you know, offense, defense kind of player. Um, I tend to, when I see the little... Spidey sense tingle go up. I tend to be a little too quick to hit the circle button to dodge. And sometimes I've noticed in scenarios, you'll hit the button to dodge and like still get hit, which bothers me a little bit because in Batman, basically no matter what's going on in any fight scenario, if you hit the dodge button, you immediately dodge out of the way and you're safe. You just have to hit it at the right time. And Spider-Man sometimes, I still get hit when I press the dodge button and sometimes it's really frustrating, but it doesn't happen often. So it's probably just me being too quick to draw or, you know, not patient enough because the fighting requires a little bit of patience, but it's also not, I don't think it's as mechanically tight or it's hasn't as much finesse as the Batman games, but it's like really, really close. Like it's not, it's a very rewarding combat system, but I don't think it's as tight or as good as Batman, but that's kind of, I mean, it is what it is. If you're someone who's comparing the games as I am, then I think Batman is pretty much Hmm. Like better in almost every way than Spider-Man, but Spider-Man is still like really, really, really good. So I'm not trying to like put it down too much. Um, but I don't know. I've signed up a lot of stuff. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of side quests. I've been doing a lot of the side quests as they come up. Um, you at, every time you level up. Uh, Every second level you get, like every odd number level you get, uh, you earn a new suit that you can unlock. And those are really cool because you can um, craft different suits based on different, um, like whenever you beat certain side quests, you get like a little, it's not like a crafting material, but it's like a token kind of thing. And there's different kinds of tokens based, there's like crime tokens. If you stop uh, crimes in the middle of the city, there's landmark tokens where you have to photograph landmarks in New York and you get a little token for that. Um, There's tokens you get from side quests. There's like five or so different ones. And like crafting the suits or crafting gadgets like web shooters or electric web shooters or whatever, um, you do those via the tokens that you uh, are rewarded for doing those certain things. And all the suits are really cool. Each suit comes with a special power. Um, Like I unlocked and crafted the um, like Spider Punk suit where it's like kind of like a raggedy Spider-Man like onesie with like, um like Chuck Taylor all-stars for shoes and like a ridiculous like denim sleeveless vest and he has like a spiky mohawk in his Spider-Man costume and his special power for that suit is to um use like a he fakes this kind of like guitar solo thing in the middle of a battle and it like the sound like reverberates and all the people that he's fighting kind of like get thrown up in the air and fall down so it's a good way to like um, I don't know, kind of like throw everybody off if you're feeling overwhelmed in battle. And those just have a cooldown. Like the suit powers have a cooldown, whether it's like ten seconds or thirty seconds. Um, and every suit comes with a different power. But once you unlock the suit, you can equip that power to any other suit in case you want to look a certain way but have a certain power. There's also secondary powers you can put on any suit, such as like taking less damage or having the window for dodge to be bigger or something like that. And you have to craft those as well. Um, so like the, the crafting menu is a little bit complicated in the sense that there's like a lot of things you can upgrade, but once you kind of see what everything is, it doesn't take that long to wrap your head around it. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I just said a lot about the game, but I really like it. Um, it's the, like I said, it's the kind of game that I can put in and just play for like four hours and basically be like numb to the world and then realize that, oh yeah, I should probably eat something. Like it's kind of one of those games. Like it's not one that, I often feel frustrated or want to stop playing. It just, the the gameplay is so smooth and everything just works so well that it's the kind of game that I can play for hours on end and lose an entire afternoon in and not even realize it. Um, So I'm happy to report that Spider-Man is pretty excellent. It doesn't really do anything I haven't seen before. And if you're really familiar with the Batman games, it like kind of rips off a lot of things from the Batman games. But I mean, the Batman games are like, probably the best comic book games of all time or the best superhero games of all time. So like, if you're going to rip a game off, like you might as well choose that one and they're doing it well. So it's not like they're ripping it off and doing a shitty job of it. So it's just like a slightly B tier Batman game. But I mean that with love. Huh?
0: Well, I mean, everything you described sounds okay, but I guess really my key question, uh, and I'm going to do a little bit of a time check here because I will have to uh, wrap up fairly soon. Um, is it? I mean, so basically, it's just like an open world game. I mean, kind of at its heart. Like, it's just like you have, you're in New York, you just go, I mean, I'm assuming you get little icons of the map, you go do whatever side quest you want, uh, pursue the main story as you wish. But basically, just like a swing around the city, do your own thing. And I'm hearing people tell me that it's, you know, it, it seems like most people are really into the side stuff. I haven't heard anybody say they're just mainlining it. So most people are doing all the stuff. And it seems like you know, like 20, 30 hours or something like that to do everything. I mean, is that basically what it is? Just like open world Spider-Man game pretty much?
1: Yeah, totally. It's, it's very, I mean, obviously like there hasn't been a lot of innovation in open world games, like since pretty much Grand Theft Auto 3. So it's very similar to like Batman Arkham City open world, but for people who are concerned about the side quests, um you can just mainline the whole game if you want. Like you can just go directly from story to story to story and you're not going to obviously get as many tokens to upgrade stuff if you do it that way. But the game doesn't penalize you. Like I don't think the game is ever like oh, go do 10 side quests to earn the next story mission. Like, as far as I know, you can just go straight from mission to mission if you want to, and you don't have to do all the side stuff. But I really like the side stuff, so I've been doing all of it. Um, but you can totally, I think, just crit path it if you want to.
0: All right, cool. Yeah, it seems like most people are really doing like everything, which is uh, good to hear. I mean, I mean, it seems like that uh, they've done a good job on the peripheral content and not just the story stuff. Um, just one more question real quick before we move on. I mean, how is the story? I mean, I'm assuming that swinging around the city is great. I mean, everybody says that's wonderful. The photo mode reveals a lot of really cool graphics. I've seen some of the costumes. It seems like a good thing. I don't know that I'm up for this now. I probably will play it like later, but I'm kind of over open world stuff right now. So maybe it'll take a while to get to it. But how is the story though? Like, is it worth mentioning? I hear some people saying that there were a couple of beats that they thought were pretty good, but I don't know. Is that just, you know, the usual game shit? Or do you actually feel like they put some effort in the story or how, how, how has it been so far? Just the narrative.
1: I think, um, because this story to be clear, as far as I've read is like completely divorced from any source material. Like it's totally original. It doesn't have any basis in like any one comic or anything. So insomniac really went out of their way to like craft this themselves. I think you can tell that they put a lot of thought into the story because like there's a lot of key characters that are there like Aunt May pops up a bunch of times um MJ's in it a lot even Miles Morales um he's in it uh he's been in it a few times so far so there's like a lot of cool like tie-in story threads going on um but I'm not really into like Spider-Man lore so I don't know like you know, the really deep ins and outs. Like, I'm sure there's probably a bunch of, like, Easter eggs and stuff in it that I'm not really privy to just because I don't know the universe that well. Um, that being said, I don't, I mean, the story is, like, okay for me. Like, it's not great. It's kind of, like, it's meandering a little bit too much for me to, like, really hone on it, hone in on it. And it kind of comes back to, like, um, you know, like the story pacing is a little bit weird. Like you keep doing story mission after story mission, but right now I have, like, I don't think I'm anywhere close to the end of the game. And I really hope I'm not because like, I'm not really sure. Like thing, I guess like the central conflict of the story hasn't seemed to come to like a head yet for me. So um, I think the story meanders a little bit much for me, but that being said, I'm also doing all the side stuff. So it could be my fault for just not pacing the story well myself. Um, But the story is, oh, it's okay. I mean, maybe for big fans, it'll probably be better because they know better about the story and the characters. But it's just, it's fine for now. Nothing magical, but it's not like god-awful or anything.
0: All right, cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. Sounds basically like a win. So maybe if you get a little further in, you maybe want to do a wrap-up report once you uh, roll credits and let us know what you thought overall um we are a little bit short on time so i'm going to skip my next game i was going to talk about dead cells i've been putting some time into that but we do not have time um, oh because sorry
1: I, sorry i spoke too long i
0: oh no no it wasn't you i think we've, we've covered a lot so far and I, we talked about it in the banter in the time loop so people listening to the show haven't heard it yet Uh, but I actually have a birthday party to get to, and the person having the birthday is 80, so I don't know how much time they have left, and I don't want to be late to that party, so I got to make sure I get there on time. Uh, We're going to skip Dead Cells. We'll talk about that next week. We do want to get to listener Q&A, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, Corey, would you mind reading the question from our uh, longtime listener, faithful fan, and he of the Iron Cavs, Joshua Jackson?
1: Uh, Oh, shit. Hold on. Let me find it. I didn't have it readily prepared. Damn it. <laughs> so, did
0: I not put it in the script? I thought I put it in the script, or did I not?
1: I don't think you did. Ah, uh, Okay, that's my bad. I'll read it. It's fine.
0: I'll read it. <laughs> I'll, my, my mistake. I thought I put it in the script. My bad. I'll just go ahead and read it, and then you can answer first. Uh, so this comes from Joshua Jackson, Mailman Extraordinaire. Uh, he says, hey, can you give a top 10 Switch games that you feel are superior or are somehow enhanced because they are on the switch i'm sick of sony's shit and i have a pretty bomb ass pc (laughs) so there's a lot of overlap with pc and ps4 um a bomb
1: ass pc
0: (laughs) i believe that and i don't he didn't specify what the shit with sony was we don't know but we have his question Corey. i know that as a recent switch owner you might have some thoughts on this any any comments or any thoughts about joshua's question
1: well, I'm sorry to say that I can, I feel like I can't really offer a great answer for this because I've only had my Switch for about a month or so, and literally the only games I've played on it are Doom, Resident Evil Revelations 2, and North. Um, I I've, I've have purchased a couple of other games, which I'll save. I haven't played yet, so I'll save to talk about on a later show. Um, I mean, I guess I could say that like if Josh's interest, well, I don't know. Cause doom is available on PC. And if he's going to play doom anywhere, I'd say probably play it on PC first. But like I said earlier, it's totally a fine port um, on, on switch. So I can't, I feel like I, I, I'm not experienced enough to be like, Oh, here's my top 10 for switch. Cause I've only played like two and a half games. So I will leave this largely to you.
0: Okay. So no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, this is kind of a difficult question to answer. And I kind of wanted to follow up with him about it, but I think I got, I think I get the gist here. So I don't know that my answer is going to be satisfactory. And Joshua, please let me know if we, if you feel like we didn't do justice to your question, let us know and we'll tackle it again. Um, But the thing about the Switch is like, it's not technically superior to any of the consoles. I mean, it's probably the weakest thing in terms of raw power out there on the market today in terms of this generation. So nothing is going to be really like superior in that way. I mean, I mean, obviously... PCs, depending on what kind of hardware you have, are probably going to be at the bleeding edge. Consoles are bigger and have more horsepower, so anything will be sharper and faster, uh, depending on what kind of game you have. So it's not really that the Switch has anything that is superior in terms of hardware. But for me, what makes the Switch a better experience and probably a more valuable experience is the form factor and the portability. I mean, convenience and ready access matter a lot. And sometimes that is what really makes an experience better than something that might be on a PC or a console. I mean, there's no way that these games just themselves technically are better. But things like, for example, like uh, Darkest Dungeon uh, or Hollow Knight, both of those games are on PC. They're also on console. Uh, You know, I'm sure that with a bigger screen and a comfy chair and a, you know, proper controller, like it's all a good experience. But for me, both of those games ended up being, you know, quote unquote better on the switch because I could take them with me. I could play them in short bursts. They were, you know, it and also they were the kind of games that like, I didn't really want to sit down in front of my big TV to play. Like in my head, I kind of separate these experiences where like something is smaller and more discreet and I'll have it on a small screen and I'll play it in bed or I'll play it like on break time at work or something. But when I'm at home and I'm on you know, my chair and I got my big TV, like I want something that's like big. Um, So in my head, I kind of separate those things out. And anything that I take with me on Switch is better because I can play it at work or it's because I can play it in bed or because I can play a little like five, 10 minutes of it and then turn it off and then come back to it. So that's really what the key is for me. If anything is superior, it's because the game naturally is inclined to be played in shorter bursts and it is a good fit for the screen and is a good fit for on the go. So that is what, for me, makes an experience better than something on console or PC. And so, for example, uh, games that I would say are better in that way, like the ones I mentioned, Darkest Dungeon, the only reason I beat that was because it was portable. Uh, Hollow Knight, I think, is a great example. Uh, started on PC, but I think it's a good, and for me, a better experience on Switch because it's, it's more the kind of game that I want in short bursts on the go. I mean, similarly, things like West of Loathing, Into the Breach, uh death road to canada all those things are on pc or on console but they all to me feel like a better fit on con on uh, switch because smaller more portable take them with you and they are the exactly the kind of thing that you want on switch so that is where i like to play them the most that is where i think they are best but not because they are more technically inclined or not because they have extra content or not because uh, they have new modes or anything just because they feel like a better fit So hopefully that is an answer to your question. I don't know that we necessarily answered exactly what you wanted to hear, uh, but that's my best stab at it and Corey's best stab at it. So let us know if you feel happy with that. And if not, we'll try again. Uh, But now we are out of time and we got to wrap up the show. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Corey, thank you for being here. And I guess we got to wrap it up. Anything vital that you want to get off your chest before we bring it home?
1: Oh man, my whole life has been leading to this moment. (laughs) <laughs> um no no there's nothing else i have to say <laughs> okay cool, cool, cool all right all right uh all right we are out of time we're going to get
0: out of here and we are going to wrap the show please everyone remember you can send us your thoughts comments feedback ideas anything else you'd like to it's the so video games podcast at gmail.com you can also post comments for us at gamecritics.com when the show goes up we're also on twitter as a show collectively at so video games And you can reach us individually on Twitter. And our Instagram handles are the same as our Twitter handles. Mine is my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. Corey, where can they find
1: you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, My social media handles are also my first and last name. Uh, It is Corey Motley, C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y.
0: Excellent, excellent. So once again, thank you, new listeners and old, for joining us on another adventure here in So Video Games Land. Uh, Don't forget that there is banter after the closing music if you are so inclined. And if not, no worries. We'll be back next week with another installment of Games
1: Chat. So this is bye from Brad. And bye from Corey. We will see you guys next week.
0: Are going well. How are you doing, sir? How's things with uh, with Corey Motley?
1: Uh, I'm good. I've been awake for about an hour. I had um, I, I wouldn't call them dreams, but I had like moments last night where I was kind of like, like waking up a little bit and kind of like dozing slightly and but enough to like think about what was going on, but not like fully up and awake. And I kept having these um, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like visions, but I kept having these like thoughts that. I had slept past my alarm or my alarm hadn't gone off and that you would have messaged me like a hundred times and I would have accidentally missed the show. And then I like finally like opened my eyes and got out of bed and grabbed my phone. And it was like, uh, I mean, I guess we're recording in different time zones. So it's about 1230 here for me, but it was only like 11 a.m. And I was like, oh, thank God I can sleep for like another hour because I had my alarm set for noon, which is sad that I have to set an alarm for noon, first of all. But um, I was just pleased that I was like, kind of scared being asleep and like, oh God, I'm going to miss the show. Oh no. Oh no. And then I still had like an hour left to sleep. So that was nice. Did you do one of those like, um,
0: jolt up forward in bed covered in sweat, <laughs> like, like in a horror movie when someone has like a terrible dream and they think they're, they're going to get killed by a killer. And then they like, they jerk straight up out of bed and they're like, oh, oh, oh God. And then like the killer's actually still there. And then they jerk up again. And they're like, oh, oh. it was like the dream in a dream thing that happened.
1: It was not that, um, I don't think—I mean, I obviously love recording the show, but I don't think the stress of missing a recording would cause me to, like, jolt awake in a cold sweat that much. It was just, like, a, in the back of my mind, like, hmm, I should probably check my phone. What if it's, like, 1 p.m. and Brad's messaged me a hundred times? Like, what— what am I going to do? And then luckily, because that's how it always happens too. Like, I always think it's like, I'm sleeping and it's like 3 PM, but then I get up and I look at my alarm and it's like 10:30 AM. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like, here we go. I got, got plenty of time, but um,
0: I am disappointed that the thought of missing a recording doesn't give you cold sweat nightmares. I'm a little bit disappointed.
1: Well, it wasn't cold. I mean, it's like, it's like a different, it's a different beast. Like you have your like cold sweat, jolt, awake nightmares, and then you have your like, like lingering thoughts of like hmm and what if i'm missing the show like i need to get up what what's going on and then finally like you wake up and you're like okay okay let me look let me see what's going on let me orient myself with the universe and then hopefully discover that everything is okay and luckily today everything was okay so here we are here we are
0: what do you uh what do you got going today after the show what are you doing after we get done recording here Pardon me. I uh. pour myself some aspirin to uh, alleviate my <laughs> headache. Sorry. Got some got some drugs going
1: on here, people. Oh boy, doing a drug deal right here on the podcast. Right here on the right? podcast
0: <laughs> to to Anison, how much you want for it?
1: Oh god. Um, I actually I don't know what's going on after the show. I tend to not. Well, I was about to say I tend to not plan my weekends very well, but that's actually a. Well, I don't know. It depends. Um, I have nothing planned officially after the show, and I feel bad because. Um, like I kind of, usually I keep Patrick very well in the know of like when I'm recording and what's going on. And like 20 minutes before we started recording today, I was like still in bed and he had just gotten out of the shower and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be recording in like a half an hour with Brad, um, you know, we're recording the show today. And he was like, oh, that would have been nice to know. And I was like, oh, sorry, did you have like big plans for the house today? And he was like, oh, well, I told one of my friends he could come over and try out VR. And I was like, oh, well, I was like, Brad said he kind of wanted to do a short show. So maybe we'll be done in like an hour and a half or something. And and then he was like, oh, well, he hasn't even texted me back anyway. And I was like, OK, well, then, like, first of all, what's the big deal? And second of all, like I could record on because I'm recording on the desktop now. I have been for the past like month or so, but I could take the laptop in like any room in the house and record on it like I used to. So. Um, I felt kind of bad for a second cause I was like, oh shit, I just like disrupted his afternoon plans. But at the same time, like the guy he wanted to invite over, hadn't even texted him back at all about the plans. So he must not have like, um, been, I don't know, like uh, available or something. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, VR, I mean, you know,
0: we all kind of like look askance at VR anyway.
1: So. Oh, Please. i've had um speaking of this is uh, adjacent to vr but i i'll be talking about on the show later but if you're listening to the show now like this is in the time loop where we recorded this first but i'm going to be talking about spider-man on the show and i have um i posted like on my instagram stories or something like a couple shots of like spider-man or like saying that i bought it or something and i've had not one but two of my friends in town be like oh i want to come over and play it which is weird because like that doesn't really happen a lot. Like it seems like a lot of the people that I hang out with, like my parkour friends, are not super like interested in video games a whole lot. And like I don't know what it is about Spider-Man, but I like posted a picture and I had two different parkour friends be like, Oh, I wanna come over and play it. I wanna come over and play it. And I'm like, Oh, okay, like, alright. Like I don't know what it is about the allure of Spider Man on PS4, but apparently that's the thing everybody wants to play.
0: It's got some awareness, man. I mean, Spider-Man is pretty big. The last Spider-Man movie, Homecoming, was actually quite good, and then, you know, he played a role in the latest, what was it, Avengers or whatever, the the most recent one where Thanos killed everybody, and that was, <laughs> that was big, and Marvel's real big right now, and plus, Sony is really behind this game, like, hardcore. I mean, they're pouring all their resources into it, like, real high awareness around regular... Regular non-gaming folks, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, and from what I hear, it's really fun. I mean, people tell me. I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but you know, <laughs> people say it's real fun, and I, it doesn't surprise me. This seems to me like the kind of breakthrough game that gets that gets non-gamers interested for like you know a couple heartbeats, and they actually you know care about something for a while, and they'll they'll bounce after
1: that, and you know go back to whatever it is they do—sports or reading books or whatever the fuck people do when <laughs> they play games. So. Yeah, it's like that that very small subset of games that pulls in non-gamers. What it consists of Spider-Man Animal Crossing and Candy Crush on the iPhone.
0: <laughs> yeah, Pokemon Go, that was a big one too. Oh, uh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
1: Pokemon Go.
0: Every mm-hmm. couple of years there's something where everybody can see the appeal of it and then it just kind of fades, but Well, cool, cool. Um for me, I uh the reason we, we might do a slightly shorter show today is because a friend of mine who's actually turning uh I think 80 today. Whoa. I know a lot of older folks. I meet a lot of old folks in my line of work, and a lot of them are pretty cool. I actually enjoy talking to older people if they are still mentally with it. Sometimes they're not, <laughs> and that's really sad. Uh, and I'm not making light of that. But like, if they're still sharp, I really enjoy talking to older people because they have so many cool stories. Like, I don't. I, I, we haven't really talked about this, but one of my favorite things is like hearing somebody tell a really good story, like something that gives you a slice of their life that you would never have had yourself, or something that paints a picture that you know it's just not, it's kind of foreign to your own existence um we we listen to podcasts in the car sometimes we've been listening to a lot of scary ones <laughs> lately um but in some of those scary ones they will also very often talk about when someone was growing up or someone's living in a different part of the country or somebody was a kid back then and so like listening to those parts are actually my favorite part not really the scary part so much but just like the hearing of the the different life and so i meet a lot of old folks and uh today is her 80th and she wanted me to come to the birthday party uh, was desperate for me to be there. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally we will go, you know, pizza party. So we'll get some free pizza out of it too, which is, (laughs) which is fine. (laughs) Um, but I'm bringing, uh, the wife and son along and we'll go hang out for a while. So I told her, you know, for sure, for sure we will be there, but, um, it's neat to talk to old folks because they always, they're always like, oh, back in my day, you know, we bought a house for like seven dollars. And oh, back in my day, you know, I, you know, just like just weird stuff that happens. Like, oh, we went to the doctor and he made me eat like a pound of lead and I was fine afterwards. And, you know, like shit like that. It's so crazy to hear some of that stuff. So I really enjoy that. But that is what I'm doing um, with the rest of my day. It's been actually a really, really busy weekend. So today is the birthday party with my 80 year old friend and probably a bunch of other people who are similarly old, which will be which will be fine. Um, yesterday, there was a big event uh, on Capitol Hill, which is uh, near my house in Seattle. It's like kind of the gay... gay Well, it used to be pretty gay. It's much it's much less gay now, but kind of the <laughs> gay hub of Seattle. It's more like half gay, half Amazon now, which is, is really Is it just sad. like bisexual
1: at this point? Not fully gay?
0: <laughs> no, not even... I, I wish. <laughs> I mean, even that would be okay, because that's still kind of queer. But no, it's just like... It used to be super gay, and then more and more like Amazon people came in because they like the park that's there. They like the neighborhood. They like the the street uh, life and stuff. And so now it's just like half gay people who are getting priced out of the neighborhood and half of it is like these Amazon folks and Google folks who are like putting in high rises and gentrifying the neighborhood and it's losing kind of its flavors, which sucks. Um, but there was a big community gathering for a lot of um, deaf people in Seattle. And so I was recruited to work at one of the booths um, for the for the uh, city of Seattle. So we did that. Got to see a lot of old friends. Got to see a lot of people I haven't seen for a long time. And uh, the wife and son came along. They were going to drop me off and then go play at the park and then just pick me up later. Uh, but they ended up staying. And then it was so weird. Like I worked like the whole time, like, like I was there for like four and a half hours and they were there and they were kind of mingling and talking to people. And my kid was running around. So it turned out to be a pretty good day. And then The day before that, we went to the state fair, and we were there for like the longest we'd ever been at the state fair. We were there for like, like nine hours or something like that, which was just like walking around and eating too much fried food and riding rides. (laughs) So this has been an unusually busy weekend for us—like three events in three days, which is honestly is too much. But you know, we're not going to do this every weekend. So, speaking of which, did you see those pictures I posted from the state fair?
1: I saw um, a handful of them. I saw you on the tilt-a-whirl thing saying that you got sick and i saw your like storm photos from the clouds rolling in and stuff um, oh my god and some corn and some other stuff okay cool you got the highlights there but i was gonna say (laughs) this
0: is the first year i talked about this a little bit on twitter but this is the first year when i got so fucking sick on those rides (laughs) oh my god i was like i never get sick on rides and this year i think after like two or three rides i just was like i was done. I couldn't keep going. I thought for sure I was going to puke and I was like, oh my God, I just had a corn dog. I do not want that coming back up on me. And I just was like, I got to stop. So I think, um, I think old age is catching up with me, man. Like I, you know, I can, I can't ride rides anymore. Uh, I get heartburn from tomato sauce. I mean, all sorts of other fun things that happen. I got like ear, ear hair. That's, that's terrible. Um, so, (laughs) It sucks getting old, folks. Take it from me, it sucks. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, what do you got for banter, dude? Um, now that we've we've done talking about me, almost puke. Although 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 it was funny. The highlight of our day was there was a girl who did actually puke at the fair. Oh we her. no! She was on this little um parachute ride that like spins you around and around, and she got off and like that ride went for a long time. Like Gina and Witty went on it. And I was standing on the ground because I couldn't go on any more rides at that point. And I'm like, okay, this will be like, you know, a minute or something. And it kept going and going and going. I'm like, God damn, this is going on for like a long time. And I look at the ride operator. He's just chilling. He's just like sipping on a Coke or something. And I'm like, I'm like, are, are you paying attention? This ride is going for like a really long time. He, he seemed not bothered at all. I can see, Gina spinning around the ride and she's like, you know, I, she was telling me in sign language, she's like, this is going on for a long time. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then I was I was almost going to tell the ride operator, hey, knock it off. Like, stop because they need to get off. Um, I was just about to tell him that. When he stopped the ride, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that was like forever." She's like, "Oh my god, it was way too long." So they get off, and then the next girl that was right behind him and the next little parachute thing gets off, and she goes straight for the garbage can. Oh. Head straight into the garbage can and just hurls. And I'm like, "Oh my god, that <laughs> <It> was terrible." <laughs> I'm like, "I feel you, sister. I'm one step behind you, but I feel you. I'm so sorry." <laughs> the
1: the idea just to take this back, like. Um, to mid ride. The idea of you being on the ground and Gina being on the ride and like sign languaging to you mid ride to you on the ground is like the most incredible visual image to me. Like the fact that you guys have that skill set. I just feel like it's like a, like a superhero superpower. Like she's (laughs) up on the ride, you're on the ground and you're able to perfectly communicate with each other via sign language from like a theme park ride. That just, I think that's incredible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's a superpower, but it does come in handy sometimes. And I definitely knew that she was in distress. So in this particular moment, I had more than just the fearful look on her face to go on. I had confirmation that this ride was going on for too long. So...
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: Anyway, anyway, so so what, are, so what are you banting about today? What's on your list, man? What do you got? Have you been taking notes, by the way? Have been taking little notes throughout the week like we talked about?
1: I have, and um, I'm actually glad that I did because I think I would have forgotten to talk about the Metal Gear Solid podcast last week if I hadn't... Um if I hadn't written it down because I remember in the moment listening to it and being like oh my god I need to talk about this on the show like podcast to podcast and then I forgot about it and then I think I saw it when I went to go listen to another podcast and I was like oh shit I need to write this down so I did it for that and I have I only have one banter topic today in um in respect to keeping things a little more brief um and this also happened a couple weeks ago and I forgot to talk about it but I remembered it like midweek last week and wrote it down um so I are you familiar with the um, brand Pair of Thieves? It's a brand? No, I'm not. I don't know anything about that. That's okay. It's um, They're a brand, and they do basically just like... I think all they do is socks and underwear for men and women, I think. It's like... I don't know. I mean, there's nothing like super special about the underwear. It's like kind of athletic underwear, but it's not like really marketed as athletic underwear. And they do like colorful, like, long socks that are, like, you know, like, mid-calf length and stuff like that. Um, they're kind of, like, a hip, like, I don't know, kind of young, um, sort of, like, Instagram brand. But they have, like, their uh, socks and underwear are, like, in Targets and stuff. So you can go, like, find them in stores. But uh, most of their business, I think, exists online. And, um, one of my friends, uh, Peyton, who is one of the parkour dudes that I photograph, who was like the first guy that I met whenever I moved to New Orleans, um, he uh, had expressed his love of pair of thieves underwear in the past because he likes. Um, he owns a few pairs and he really likes them. And I noticed, I followed their brand on Instagram, and I noticed a few weeks ago they had published a thing and it was like, they called it like a billboard contest and they have a bunch of billboards in LA. That's the only city that they have billboards in. And they had published the contest saying like, oh, like go take a photo in front of one of our billboards and you could win some underwear. Um, you know, like whatever, like most creative photo wins or, you know, the more like um, funny or something that the photo is will win. And then they said um, they had like a link to where their billboards are. And then they said, but if you don't live in L.A., you know, basically you can take it if you're anywhere else in the United States, you can take a photo in front of any billboard because we don't want the contest to just be open to people in, in the L.A. area because that wouldn't be very fair. So I... Uh, told Peyton. I alerted him to the to the contest, and I was like, oh, ha, 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 you know how much I love taking pictures of you in your underwear. And so he was, like, ready and raring to go to, like, try to, like, take some photos. So for, like, three weeks, we were kind of separately on the prowl to like try to find like funny billboards in the area or like stuff that we thought would be fun to take pictures in front of which it's kind of a weird thing to do because billboards are one of those things where you always see them but you never quite like remember them whenever you're driving so I was not paying very good attention but Uh, A couple weeks ago, he came, because he lives about an hour north of New Orleans, and he came down, and we met up, and ended up just driving around downtown. I think it was on, like, a Sunday afternoon, Um, and uh, we were kind of scouting for billboards and stuff, and, like, fun stuff to take pictures in front of, and we ended up finding, like, four different billboards to just, like, take some photos in front of, and he was, like, oh, and, like, I guess one I should probably mention that one of the objects of the of the contest is that you're supposed to like be in the underwear and like only in the underwear or socks or whatever. I I had had assumed
0: that that's, I I figured
1: that (laughs) (laughs) I should probably make that clear. Um, so he was like, and of course he does parkour. So I was getting him pictures of him doing like backflips and stuff, like in front of like wearing like shoes, pair of thieves, socks, and pair of thieves underwear, like in front of these billboards. And, um, and we ended up, I mean, getting some pretty good photos. And we found this one, uh, like, it wasn't a billboard, but it was a giant like painting ad on the side of a building for Zatarans, which is like the company that makes rice and stuff. And they're oh, based. Oh yeah yeah, 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 I saw this picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're like they're based in New Orleans, and that's something that I kind of forgot whenever I moved here, because Zatarans is like a pretty global brand at this point. But they're like you know based here, and so you know we took some pictures in front of that. We took some pictures in front of a Mardi Gras museum um, billboard and some other stuff, and. Um, I edited the photos and then he posted them on Instagram and, uh, for the contest and everything. And about a week later... Um, they somebody like whoever the social media manager is from Pair of Thieves DM'd him, and they were basically like, "Hey, you guys won!" So. Oh my god! We, you guys won? Yeah, so we won the contest, and that,
0: oh my god, it's amazing! I've never <laughs> seen that picture, and I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious, Zanderans! It's so funny!" And he didn't he had no idea you guys won. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, so uh, allegedly, I don't know exactly how this is going to work out, but I think they're sending us both uh, underwear because the prize is. 26 pairs of Pair of Thieves underwear, which is like an insane amount of underwear. And I think they're going to send us both 26 pairs. I'm not exactly positive, but <laughs> they, cause they DM'd Peyton about it and they were like, Oh, you know, you guys, uh, you know, can you send me your email and your address? And we kind of made it very clear that, you know, it was like a, um, like a collaboration between us. You know, it wasn't just him out with the camera. And of course he's a photographer. So he knows that too. And they asked him for permission to repost the photos. And I told him, I was like, well, technically, they need to ask me for f- permission to repost the photos because, like, I'm the one who took them. Like, I own the copyright to them. So I ended up emailing them. He DM'd them our addresses and then told them that I would email them the pictures. And then I emailed them. And uh, they said that they were there. I think it was like their offices were getting remodeled for a couple of weeks. But once they were back in their offices, they would send us some stuff. And then they told us that they wanted to collaborate with us again in the future, which is kind of cool. The upside being, um, you know, it's, I guess, like good exposure or whatever, even though exposure doesn't mean shit anymore. But, um, you know, it's good exposure to like have a brand that thinks you're cool and wants to work with you. But the downside, of course, is that they don't want to pay us. They just want to send us more underwear to do more like little shoots for them and stuff. Which I'm cool with for like, maybe like a couple more projects, but obviously I'm not going to like work long-term for a company, like for underwear and return. <laughs> so, um, but that's kind of neat. So yeah, we won the contest. We should be getting like a bunch of underwear in the next few weeks. And I will report back on whether we both get 26 pairs, you know, whether we get 13 pairs a piece or whatever is going to happen. So, but I thought that was pretty cool. So we, we did the contest and we won. So go us. Yay. That is amazing.
0: So congratulations. I think that's awesome. I, I saw the picture, and I remember it being very notable. Because like I said, I recognized the brand, and I thought it was hilarious that, like, here's this giant Zatarans thing on the side of a wall or something, and here's this dude who's, like, basically naked sitting in front of it, which <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure this is a Corey picture because there's a naked guy, and I know what Zatarans is, so that's, that's funny. Um, I did not know you won, so that's amazing. But I am a little bit puzzled uh, at 26 pairs of underwear because that means... In the course of months, you could almost wear one fresh pair of underwear a day, but then for the the last four or five days, you'd have to recycle. So that's kind of weird. Why didn't they just give you like 30 or 31?
1: Yeah, I don't know how they came to the number. I have no idea, but I remember them saying in the original post, like, oh, enter our billboard contest and you could win 26 pairs of underwear, which, I mean, is all well and good, but I already have a lot of underwear as is. I mean, I could always go for more, like who couldn't use more underwear, especially if it's free, but... Um, I mean, I have enough underwear to probably go, like, two weeks without, like, doing any, like, undergarment laundry. But if I have even more, then I'm not going to (laughs) complain. Well, I look forward to a full
0: report when you get these underwear and like give give them a try uh let us know uh what you think of those and especially how they compare to that brand that you like from target so much what is that target brand that you like
1: oh uh c9 which is target's athletic brand because that's my favorite yeah we t- i guess yeah we talked about this on the show during a QA um we have yeah. to talk
0: about underwear pretty
1: often on the show. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> or not, but it comes up
0: it comes up pretty frequently. It's
1: a recurring theme. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Pair of Thieves underwear is very similar to um to the C9 athletic underwear and Peyton, who actually like does parkour, he wears pair of thieves pretty much every time he does it. And so it must be good for like athletic purposes. So yeah, I'm sure it'll be as good, if not better, but I will definitely report back on all my underwear shenanigans in the future whenever I get it.
0: Cool. 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 All right. As for me, uh, let me first give a shout out to ultimate Beastmaster season three. I've talked about this before on the show, you know, the, uh, it's kind of like American Gladiators or American Ninja Warrior. You know, have you seen this on uh, Netflix, Corey? Ultimate Beastmaster?
1: Um, I've seen like the tile for it and we've talked about it a few times, but it's basically just like a different version of American Ninja Warrior pretty much, right?
0: Yeah, I actually like it better than American Ninja. Well, I think like the original Ninja Warrior, awesome. Love the original Japanese. That is the best. Female version of the Japanese uh, Ninja Warrior, also kick ass. Pretty awesome. American version, I fucking can't stand it. Like, I just really can't stand it. Uh, I just don't like the way that they spend so much time on the people's profiles. It gets really boring. And they change changed some of the rules, so it just seems like really watered down and dumb. So I don't really care for it. But Ultimate Beastmaster, I really like. We've talked about it before. They take an international cast of athletes. They have announcers from all across the globe. And then they have this giant basically just really fierce jungle gym that they go play on for a while and it's just really fun i like it a lot last season they had the american announcers they had this one guy who was really fucking shitty and stupid and racist (laughs) and sexist he was so sexist i hated it it was just really offensive it was so offensive in fact that we went over and watched the mexican version of the same series because you can actually watch um the the same content but produced for Mexican audiences so instead of the American announcers they had Mexican announcers and the whole thing was in Spanish and we watched that instead because the Mexican people were way more fun and interesting and we didn't mind reading the subtitles because we were away from that fucking asshole so we watched all of season two in the Spanish version season three they got rid of that dick bag which I'm really glad and they (laughs) replaced him with a new guy who is named cm punk and i guess he's like a wrestler or uh, a fighter yeah or he's something? like yeah he's Cage like, fighter a, or something like that, he or?
1: is he is a personality yeah i don't know I, I mean i had heard the name
0: but i didn't know like who he was or where he was from but i mean he's way better than the last guy they had he he definitely seems more like aware about like don't offend people and don't grope women and all this other shit so i'm really glad that they got rid of that last guy Um, So we're watching the American version again, and it's just good. They changed the rules this time around, so it's a little bit different, but still the same action. I really like, I really like how they got it set up, and I think it's really cool to watch these things. I love these, like, physical competitions. I always have these, like, visions of, like, going on the course myself, and of course I would, like, I would, like, take a header on probably, like, the second obstacle and just, like, go crashing down, but uh, they're really fun, and I think it's it's good, wholesome family entertainment. So that's up, Ultimate Beastmaster Season 3. Very glad that it's continuing. I think it's great.
1: Um, I, can I offer a response yeah, about this real yeah, yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, so something that I think is interesting is, like, being in, like, adjacent to the parkour community, like I am, you know, doing parkour yeah. for a while and f- photographing it. Like, American Ninja Warrior, there's, like, a lot of people who, like, the the interests co Like, you have a lot of really high-profile, like... Free running and parkour dudes who do American Ninja Warrior, and then you have the people who do American Ninja Warrior, like, really predominantly, and, like, maybe they dabble in parkour, like, a little bit, and, like, here in New Orleans, there's a, a gym, and it's owned by a couple guys that I know who I'm friends with, who are friends with all the parkour community, and it's, like, predominantly an American Ninja Warrior gym, like, they have a lot of, kind of, like, the mock-up obstacles, and they have, like, some big warp walls and stuff like that, like, in the gym, and so I know a few people who have been on the show, like, several times who, like, go to Texas to compete and then to Las Vegas. And, like, they go to all the different areas and move up in the ranks. And um, and I think it's really – and so – and also, like, on Instagram, I follow a handful of people who do – you know, it's, like, their, like, year – like, their big goal every year is, like, fitness and American Ninja Warrior and getting as far as they can and, like, all this stuff. But something that I find fascinating is that, obviously, um, Beastmaster is, like – like, a thing, you know, it's been on Netflix for years at this point, and, um, but, like, in the, like, American Ninja Warrior community of people on, like, that I follow on Instagram that I know in real life, like, no one ever, 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 ever talks about Ultimate Beastmaster. so I don't know if it's, like, harder to get on, or if they don't have, like, qualifiers as often, or something like that. Because you would think that some of the people, like, if they get knocked out of Ninja Warrior, that they would try to do both, or, you know, they would go do the other one. But, like, literally the only person I ever hear talk about this show and this competition is you and I think it's fascinating <laughs> because like you'd think being around the people that I am, you know, the parkour athletes and the American Ninja Warrior people that I am, that they would like bring it up or they would think about it or talk about it or whatever, or maybe they just don't know that it exists. But uh, I think you'd think that like that would be more up and coming in the community as another competition to go to. But I like nobody talks about it. Like you're the only person I know who talks about it. So I think that's kind of uh, kind of fascinating. Also a little bit sad, maybe. You should. Um, I would be really
0: interested, like, the next time you go and hang out with these dudes, like, ask around about it. I would be curious to see if there's even any awareness of it. I mean, I think maybe, you know, it's on Netflix, and so maybe it's not quite as well publicized as it is on like as, as American Ninja Warrior is, because if that's on, like, a national, you know, one of the bigger networks. And, I mean, not, not to say that Netflix isn't big, but, you know, I mean, it. it selects things for you based on your viewing history and you know if you're not looking in the right section i imagine probably pretty easy to miss it so maybe people just don't know that it's there but also because it's an international thing like it's not just americans i mean i think they start with a smaller number of people total and of that total only like an eighth of them are Americans because there's also Mexicans, there's also people from Britain, there's also people from France. And so, I mean, I would imagine that it's probably a lot harder to get on the show, but I mean, somebody still has to be on the show, so they still need people. I mean, I don't know where they do their selection or how those people are, are, are picked for the show or anything, but I mean, I would assume that people would at least know about it. So maybe maybe ask around and see if anybody even knows or maybe they don't like it for some reason. Or <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be curious to find out. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I actually would be too, because you'd think that like in the circles that I run in with the athletes that I know that they would know about it. But I don't know, next time I'm at, I don't go to NOLA Muscle Park a lot, but it's like it's like three minutes down the street from my house because I just moved it like six months ago. Um, I'll have to ask the owners about it and see if they know anything or if they're aware of it and see if that's something that they would be interested in doing or like spreading awareness about perhaps. Because yeah, it just feels like... Like, obviously, it not being on, like, TV, TV limits its audience uh, by, you know, a big margin. But it's just fascinating that I never hear anybody talking about it.
0: I would be very curious. So find out what you can find out, and then we will will reconvene. Um, I have a really quick, funny, a couple, actually a couple of anecdotes. This was, so, a couple, two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, the wife was out and about doing something. I forget what she was doing, but she was out on her own. And so it was me and the son and we were having like a uh, father Sunday, man day, as we like to call it, uh, <laughs> having a man day. And so we're kind of just kicking it. I think we were playing some Fortnite or something and just kind of chilling. And in our house, we get like sun coming in at weird angles and we have a lot of windows in our, um, in our place. And we also live on the first floor. So so we have these curtains put up and like, you know, when we're playing games, we draw the curtains closed so that we can actually see the screens on our TV. Because, you know, you know it is when like sun is streaming in your room, you can't see shit on your TV. So we have the curtains closed. and We're playing. It's about maybe like, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. And the way that our apartment is set up, like there's a main door as like a security door where you got to like push a buzzer and knock on it. But like, because we're on the first floor, we also have like kind of like a back door and people never come up to the back door. It's kind of off to the side. And it's not like it's hidden or anything, but like, you, I don't think you would ever really come to the back door because it doesn't look like a place that is very welcoming. Like there's no like welcome sign. There's no... It doesn't look like someplace that you would go if you were going to, you know, go to that person's house and and whatever. So we're sitting at home playing Fortnite something, just kicking it. And we never have visitors. Like nobody comes by. Like this is a pretty quiet neighborhood nothing ever happens <laughs>
1: this story and is then, already making me uncomfortable i just want you you're to gonna know. <laughs> you're
0: gonna get more uncomfortable my friend you better buckle in so just so so think about this like no one ever comes by you know we don't really talk to the neighbors very much this is a real quiet neighborhood this is not it's not a real high traffic area um i'll just put it that way so we're sitting there and the back the back door the one that nobody goes to the one that that does not look like you're supposed to go to it is directly opens up onto our kitchen So there is no foyer, there's no space between our kitchen and, you know, like, the outside, right? So, like, we're sitting there playing, and then all of a sudden, I hear this knock, and like, I just freeze, because I'm like, wait a minute, who, what, who, who's here? Like, no one's coming over, no one knocks on that door, what is going on? And I'm like, nah, I think I'm hearing things, because nobody can be knocking at that door. And then I just hear this knock, and it keeps going, and it's not, it's not a regular knock, Corey, it sounds like this, it sounds like...
1: like a really
0: slow woodpecker over and over and over and over oh, no. and over. And I'm like, Oh my fucking God, what is going on? That is a, su- what is, who knocks like that? Like, you know, usually you get the whole, or even yeah. like, you know, even get the shave and a haircut once in a while or something, but you don't get the <laughs> constant, constant. I was like, I, I literally started freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. So a couple things, uh, it could be, a psycho fucking killer who like wants to get inside the house. <laughs> the most reasonable answer, of course. Oh well, even worse than that, I'm like, oh god, zombie apocalypse, because it's like some undead zombie just like <laughs> knocking and knocking and knocking. Because there was no there was no stop. It was just kept going, kept going. And I'm like, what? Who the fuck in their right mind does this? And so I dropped my game and I'm like looking around for a weapon. And we have weapons in our house, so like don't fuck with me when I come to my house because. You know, we may not have the firearms available that you do, but we have lots of shit in here that can mess people up. And so, like, I'm trying to decide between the butch and I for the hammer. And I go and I grab something, and there's a curtain on the front door, so you can't see who's out there, right? And I'm, like, thinking to myself, when I open this curtain, there's only going to be a pane of glass between me and whatever or whoever is out here. That's all that's going to be there. And I'm preparing for the fucking worst. It's going to be, like, some crazy person it's going to be a person with a weapon. It's going to be a fucking zombie. Like I had no idea what it was going to be. And the knocking was still going oh on God. the entire fucking time. It did not stop. And that was what was freaking me out the most because every once in a great while, like every once in a while, we'll get somebody who like on Halloween, like somebody will dare to the door on Halloween and that's okay. We expect that. Or like, like every once in a while we'll get like um, like one time we had a homeless guy come up who seemed kind of out of it, and he was like begging for like a couple bucks, and like that was like okay, inappropriate, don't do that, but whatever, like that, ma- I mean, kind of makes sense. But he didn't knock like a psycho, so I'm sitting there, the knocking <laughs> still going on, still going on, knocking, knocking, knocking. So I grab, I grab a knife, and I'm ready, and I'm just as soon as I open this curtain. I'm going to be face to face with whatever the fuck is out there. Right. And I'm just like, it's knocking still going on, freaking the fuck out. And I tell (laughs) Winnie to get back and I tell him to, you know, just get in a safe place or something. And I'm like, I'm like sweating, dude. I'm like really fucking sweating. I open up the fucking curtain. (laughs) It's like, it's a little boy. Who's like maybe four years old. And he's got, he's got like a little basket and he's got a little sports Jersey on. And I see that he's, like, super short. He's, like, <laughs> three feet tall. And all of a sudden, the air just goes, oh, this goes out of me. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I was prepared for anything to be on the other side of that door. And he was still knocking. And as soon as he saw me, then he stopped. And I'm like, okay, number one, fucking your mom needs to teach you how to fucking knock like a normal person. <laughs> so I open the door, and I'm like, hey, what, what's up? And he's like, oh, I'm taking collection for kids who need sports equipment that can't afford it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Okay, but yeah, sure. i like, yeah, you know. I look at my wallet. I think I had like five bucks or something. I gave him like five bucks. And, he, you know, across the way, I could see his mom and she was like waving. She had like a kid strapped to her back and a kid in a stroller and a kid oh next gosh. to her. And she sent the little one up to knock on his own, which is totally fine. But like, man, parents, teach your kids to knock like real people because that freaked me the <laughs> fuck out and that put me in a real bad headspace. And I'm glad that it was just a kid because I, I mean, literally, if it had been like the undead, I would have been ready for it. Like I, it would have been it would have made sense to me. So, oh God, that was, it was so stressful. So like, ironically, ironically, the same day, right? So like still doing man day, which was, became fear day all of a sudden. (laughs) Um, the wife is still out and about and we decided that we're going to chill and watch a movie. And when my wife is gone, we like to watch, um, scary movies or really cheesy sci-fi movies or stuff that I know that she like has 100% no interest in. So like, you know, we're not going to force it on her when she's around. So, uh, witty knew what was up i knew it was up we're like we're like okay let's go to itunes we're gonna find something that's shitty and cheesy and scary and we'll just watch something and that'll be cool so we uh
1: we pick a movie called eight legged freaks have you ever seen this one with david arquette mm, i've heard of it but i haven't seen it uh, correct me if i'm mm, i'm gonna get this wrong is scarlett johansson in this she is and she's like 12 okay yeah i have not seen it but i have seen like pictures of her in it because she's like has like Lincoln park posters on her wall. Totally. Yes, 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 exactly. This is that movie. Yes. That one.
0: I did not know she was in that. I freaked the fuck out when I saw her. I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God, she's like a kid. This is so weird. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a movie about toxic waste that gets dumped and it creates a bunch of giant spiders and, you know, like whatever. It's like super cheesy. I think this is one of the earlier movies that had really prevalent use of CGI for the spiders, which actually didn't look that bad. It didn't look too bad. It was, it was not, I've seen worse. Um, (laughs) So we're sitting here, and my son likes these movies, but he gets a little freaked out sometimes, and so we do a lot of parental guidance during these, and he really wants to see them, so it's not like I'm forcing him to watch them. He really wants to see them, but then he also like doesn't like the suspense and doesn't like the jump scares, and honestly, I don't like it either, but we watch them anyway. So we're sitting here uh, watching the movie. Is it going through? You know, giant spiders all around, people getting webbed, people getting bit, people screaming, <laughs> and stuff on fire, and you know, whatever, just like you would expect. And so we're sitting there watching it and like uh, the giant tarantula makes its first appearance and it totally like charges at the screen and like at that exact second, there was a huge explosion and the power went out. Oh, my God. And my son leaps up into my lap. And he's like, ah! And I'm like, ah!
1: (laughs) I'm like, oh, my
0: God. Fuck this day. Fuck this day. We got the zombie at the door and now the spider's attacking our house. What the the hell
1: happened? Did somebody, like, set off a bomb in the middle of Seattle?
0: Dude, I didn't know what the fuck it was. But, like, after we got settled and realized that there was no giant tarantula attacking our house, (laughs) um, I think what happened was it actually was raining at that time. And uh, I think that some of the rain got into, like, a Transformer that was nearby, uh, the Transformer, like, exploded. And oh then my God. this power got knocked out for a few seconds. So I just thought it was, like, totally ironic that, like, we got the shit scared out of us by the zombie at the door. And then here we are watching the scary movie later on. And, like, what are the fucking odds that, like, something would explode and the power would go out, like, right in the middle of, like, the climax of the movie? It was just, like, it was too... <laughs> it, was, it was too, too much, Corey. It was, like, my heart couldn't handle it.
1: Oh, my gosh. I, um... I... I think it's uh, also another fascinating thing in response to your stories, like especially the knocking story. Is like, you know, I remember, actually this can kind of go back to several things you're talking about because whenever you're talking about going to the 80-year-old birthday party earlier, um, I was thinking about, uh, you know, I feel really kind of privileged and also kind of scared in a way that I, I mean, you and I both, but because I'm a little bit younger than you, like I was the last generation that grew up um, without the internet. So like, I'm like in the last, like, you know, people like generation that knows what life pre internet was like and pre, you know, um, social media and stuff. And I remember, you know, back in the day before, you know, everybody had cell phones whenever they were 10 years old and was able to Google stuff, you know, and knew how to use the internet better than their parents did whenever they were like seven. Um, you know, we would just knock on each other's doors. You know, you wanted to go out and play. You wanted to go play kickball in the streets or, you know, go play with toy water guns and stuff or play tag or whatever. You just ran across the street, knocked on your friend's door and then hoped that they were home and answered and then would want to hang out. And now it's like, you know, you text message people or you call them or whatever. And so like knocking on doors is not a thing that happens a lot anymore. And I remember an incident that was similar to yours where whenever I was living in Omaha, a few, it's probably like two years ago. Um, the apartment that we lived in, it was kind of, it was a similar setup where you had like this, the front, cause every building had two units and there was like a locked glass door in the front and you had to, unlock that door and then go in and you either went into the apartment door that you also had to unlock or you went up the stairs and the people that lived above us were in the upstairs apartment. And but we also had one of those like on the inside one of those like um like monitor things where you could like talk to the person outside if they needed to be bust in and that's, like, something that, like, we, like, never use, because, like, we never had people over, like, nobody ever, like, you know, if we had people over, they would just text us and be, like, hey, we're here, or whatever, like, nobody, like, came up and, like, rang the doorbell and, like, talked to us through the little, like, monitor thing, and I remember one night, I was home alone, and I think Patrick was working nights or something at that point, and I can't remember what I was doing. I was maybe, like, cooking or something, and, like, all of a sudden, like, the, the doorbell thing went off, and it sounds like an alarm. It's, it's, like, I mean, it's not like a like a ding dong. It's like a do 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 do, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and I was like freaking out because like first of all, it was just loud, so it was like alarming, and like the cats were scared because it was like this loud noise out of nowhere, and it was like ten or eleven p.m., and I was like, what, like what the fuck, like who's ringing my doorbell? Who's here? What's going on? And like basically, my only option was to like open the front door and kind of, like, go out to the storm door and see what was out there, because I could look through the front window, but it didn't give, like, if somebody was standing right in front of the storm door, like, you couldn't really see them because of the angle of the window, and I remember taking a full, like, three minutes to, like, tiptoe up to the monitor, and I pressed the little button to let me, like, hear what was going on out there, but it didn't, like, you know, let them know that I could hear, and I, like, press it, and I, like, put my ear up to the monitor, and I was prepared for, like, I don't know, some serial killer to be out there and be like, oh, you're home alone, I'm going to kill you. And then, you know, me like freak out or whatever. But obviously it's not what happened at all. I think the people just came up and they rang the wrong doorbell because by the time when I listened, like, nobody was out there. I think they found the right apartment and went to the right one. But it's just funny that, like, somebody ringing your doorbell or knocking on your door can be, like, one of, like, the scariest things to happen like it's just like it seems so like domestic especially because that's what we used to do back in the day like oh knock on your friend's door and see if they want to hang out but now like because nobody knocks on doors anymore unless you're like a mailman it's just such a like scary and like out of place thing to happen
0: yeah it really does i mean that is actually true i mean we lived out in the woods Pretty far out when I was a kid, so we didn't get a lot of people knocking on the door. But that was way more common of a thing. Like neighborhood kids would come up and knock, and or I'd go to a friends' house and knock and see if they were home or something. Like yeah, like knocking on the door used to be a thing. But like yeah, we are so far removed from it. Like it's not even like a normal thing that happens during the day. It's like a threat. It's like it's like it's like a fear tactic now. Like anybody knocking on my door or anybody buzzing my butt. We have one of those buzzers too. Anybody buzzing on that? Like yeah, it's like, what the fuck? This is not okay. Something's going on. Shit. Get get your camera out. Film this. Whatever happens. Like, we got to have documentation. Like, we, you know, they got to know what happened to us. So yeah, it's just, yeah. Times are weird, man. Things change. Technology changes. This is a really good example of like how a very small aspect, very innocuous aspect of life can take on like radical new meaning or radical new, like, you know, like significance within the culture with just like, the ability to have like telecommunications handy so yeah definitely that's a that's a pretty good thing pretty pretty good example um i'm i'm bantered out you got anything else you want to you want to toss up before we get to the show
1: i don't i have said my piece for this week all right i think we had some real ups and downs some
0: (laughs) real thrill ride this time around i say let's wrap it up and let's uh start talking about some games all right
1: i can get on board with that all right let's talk about some games Mm. will